You're listening to Cape Watch Radio with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through the book of Joshua. Call me sinners, poor, needy, and weak. He stands to save you now, full of pity and love, mighty power. He's willing and able, He calls you now. Victorious Christian, we need to avoid idolatry. We need to avoid anything. What is an idol? An idol is anything that comes between you and God. Anything that would draw you away from your worship and serving your Lord and Savior. Anything. It could be a relationship. It could be children. It could be all those things. Anything that we put before our God becomes an idol. It is easy for us to deny God his rightful place in our hearts by giving anything or anyone else the attention, love, and devotion that only God is due. In today's message, Pastor Dave will warn about the dangers of idolatry. We will never live in spiritual victory if we are also worshiping idols. Only God deserves our worship. Well, let's join Pastor Dave in the book of Joshua chapter 19 with part three of his message, Things the Victorious Christian Avoids. It's really interesting to me that the prophecy of Jacob for Asher, basically in verse 20 in 49 said, Bread from Asher shall be rich, and he shall yield royal dainties. Moses again took up this prophecy regarding Asher. And Asher is one of the most blessed sons of Jacob. He became favored by his brothers, it says, by Moses in Deuteronomy 33, 24. And they're going to dip his foot in oil. And remember, oil always represents the Spirit. Oil always represents the Spirit of God in Scripture. So Asher is going to be full of the Spirit. Although Asher doesn't go down in history as being a very prominent tribe, there is a special mention of the tribe of Asher that stands out. Anybody know what that is? The tribe of Asher does stand out, and it is in the New Testament. Luke 2, beginning in verse 36. In Luke chapter 2, remember, at the end of the chapter, Mary and Joseph take Jesus to the temple to be dedicated. They give their sacrifice of two turtle doves because they were poor, and they meet Simeon, remember? And Simeon says, my eyes have seen the Messiah, right? Well, they meet someone else, and her name is Anna. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. Of the tribe of Asher. She was a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow for about 84 years, who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in an instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. She becomes a witness of Jesus Christ. She's from Asher. I love it. What do I get from this? It's not about her strength or the power of the tribe that is remembered. What is remembered about the, the, the tribe of Asher? Remember the oil. What is remembered about her is her spiritual sensitivity. Her spiritual sensitivity of the older woman as she looks. And she becomes the notoriety of the tribe of Asher. I love this about her spiritual sensitivity. Are you sensitive to the Holy Spirit in your life? 
Have you allowed yourself to become familiar with the Holy Spirit? Allow Him to empower you and show you and guide you? Are you sensitive to His movings and, and His comings and goings? Are you sensitive to His voice? Do you have discernment? Are you spiritually sensitive on things that are happening? That's what I see in this woman. She doesn't come in by power. The tribe of Asher doesn't come in by power and rip things apart. They don't come in by force. They come in like Zechariah said, not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. A wonderful thing. The victorious Christian trusts in the Holy Spirit. What do we avoid as the victorious Christian? We avoid grieving the Holy Spirit. We avoid quenching the Holy Spirit in our lives. As a victorious Christian, we welcome the Holy Spirit in our lives, and He leads and guides us into the truth of Jesus Christ. He shows us magnificent things. I see that in this Asher, this tribe. Wonderful things happen here. Verse 32, back in Joshua 20, looking at the land of Naphtali, the land of Naphtali. The sixth lot came out to the children of Naphtali, for the children of Naphtali according to their families. And their border began at Helipha, enclosing the territory from the Terbith tree in Zanaman, Adai, Nebkep, Janiel, as far as Latcom, and ended in Jordan. From Helipha, the border extended west to Asnoth, Tabor, and went out towards Hukkok, it adjourned Zebulon on the south side and Asher on the west side and ended at Judah by the Jordan towards sunrise. And then he gives all the cities right there to 39. This was the inheritance of the tribe of the children of Naphtali. Zebulon and Naphtali became famous in Matthew's gospel, in Matthew 4. They became as famous as they were called the Galilee of the Gentiles. The Galilee of the Gentiles, and it was the key portion was near the Sea of Galilee, a region where Jesus did much of his teaching. Jesus did much of his teaching while he was there. And it's fittingly that it says that he will be godly words, because look at the prophecy for Natalie. 21 in Genesis 49. Natalie is a deer let loose. He uses beautiful words. He uses beautiful words. I like that. When Jesus had heard that John had been put in prison, he departed to Galilee. And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulon and Naphtali, that it might be filled, which was spoken by the Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in a region, the shadow of death, light has dawned. That's Matthew 4, 12 through 16. Isaiah had prophesied that in that land, these people would see a great light. And it's no coincidence that in that land, our Lord and Savior Jesus did most of his teaching. For they have seen this great light. Light was shown upon the darkness. Light was shown into the darkness. We're reminded of the scripture that we've been pulled out of the darkness into his marvelous light. I'm reminded of the scripture in Matthew also. I think it's Matthew 5. Let your light shine. Why? So that men might see your good works and glorify who? Your Father in heaven. 
We are the light of the world now, Jesus says. He is the light of the world, and he's placed that light in us. And we are to go forth and bear that light and show that light to all people. And that's what I see happening here. These gorgeous scriptures. These gorgeous scriptures. Lastly, the last tribe that we're going to look at is Dan. In verses 40 through 48 of Joshua 20. The seventh lot came out for the tribe of the children of Dan according to their families. The territory of their inheritance was Zorah, Escalob, and all bunch of cities there that I can't pronounce. In verse 46 is important. Me, Jarkon, and Kerah with the region near Joppa. And the border of the children of Dan went beyond these because the children of Dan went up to fight against Leshem and took it. And they struck it with the edge of the sword, took possession of it, and dwelt in it. They called Leshem Dan after the Dan of their father. This in the inheritance of the tribe and the children of Dan, according to their families and the cities of the villages. The prophecy in Genesis 49 is interesting. In Genesis 49, about Dan, it says, Dan shall be a serpent by the way, a viper by the path, that bites the horse's heels, so that its riser shall fall backward. It's interesting. Dan became a troublesome tribe. Dan did become a troublesome tribe. In Judges 18, verse 30, they were the ones that introduced idolatry to Israel. They're on the northern border there. So they were susceptible to various things coming down and enforcing them. It was in Dan that Jeroboam set up one of his idolatrous golden calves. You can find that in 1 Kings 12. And later, Dan became the center of idol worship in all of Israel. You can find that in Amos 8.14. Now, what about this serpent? What about this serpent? It's interesting There's a theory, and again, I remind you, it's just theory, that the serpent referred to here is the Antichrist, as mentioned in Daniel 11.37 and Jeremiah 8.16. The serpent coming from the tribe of Dan is the Antichrist. Interesting, because you can read those prophecies in Daniel 11.37 and Jeremiah 8.16 and look at those. So, Dan allows all this idolatry to come into Israel. They're responsible for allowing Israel to be taken away into idolatry, where they're serving foreign gods. They're serving gods of stone and iron and gold. So what happens? Well, when you read Revelation 5, verses 5 through 8, it gives a list of the tribes for the 144,000. Dan is left out. Hmm. Could that be the reason? Plausible, but this is what I love about our God. This is what I love about our God. There is a list of the tribes in Ezekiel 48. When they have the millennial roll call of the tribes in Ezekiel 48. And guess who's listed? Dan. God's grace before our eyes. God's grace towards his people How God will give grace to the children of Israel? Remarkable sign of God's redemption to the people of Dan. So, obviously, victorious Christian, we need to avoid idolatry. We need to avoid anything. What is an idol? An idol is anything that comes between you and God. Anything that would draw you away from your worship 
and serving your Lord and Savior. Anything. It could be a relationship. It could be children. It could be all those things. Anything that we put before our God becomes an idol. In the hierarchy of the family, it should be God, the man, the woman, the children, etc. The hierarchy of the family, God is always first. And as a victorious Christian, we need to remember that. And we need to always place him in the place that he's supposed to be. The priority of our lives should be God. He should be the priority. And this is what I see here. Dan had a bad time of it. Turn back to the prophecy just for a quick minute in 49. Turn back to the prophecy in 49. In that verse 17, right there, right under that verse 17, obviously is verse 18. What a coincidence. Right there. Look at that verse. He's in the middle of... Blessing his sons. He's in the middle of his prophecy, and Jacob comes out and says, I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. And the Hebrew word for salvation is Yashashua. Jesus in Hebrew. Yashashua. Jehovah is my salvation. Yahweh is salvation. In the middle of this prophecy, Jacob is waiting for Christ. What a beautiful picture you see here. What a beautiful picture when you go back to Hebrews 11 and it says, they saw the Christ afar off. They never saw the promise, but they saw it afar off and they gleaned it. What a gorgeous picture. He called out to Jesus. I love this. I I really think that's cool. So let's finish up chapter 19, shall we? Surely. So, all the tribes now have been given their inheritance. Every tribe now has received that which the Lord wanted them to have in the first place. It's all been done. They are to go and claim it. They are to go and wrestle with the inhabitants in that places and clean them out and take full possession of what is rightfully theirs. And now Joshua steps forward. Joshua steps forward. I love this. Let's read the rest of chapter 19. When they had made an end of dividing the land as an inheritance according to their borders, the children of Israel gave an inheritance among them to Joshua the son of Nun. According to the word of the Lord, they gave them the city which he asked for, Timnath Surah, in the mountains of Ephraim, and he built the city and dwelt in it. These were the inheritances which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel divided as an inheritance by Lot in Shiloh before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So they made an end of the dividing of the country. I want to spend just a couple of minutes and talk about our man Joshua. Joshua is a quintessential leader. He made sure everybody else got theirs. He made it until the end. He allowed all the other people to be firmly placed in a land, to be firmly given a beautiful, beautiful portion of land before he got his. When it was his turn, he received it. And this is remarkable humility. This is the kind of humble service and concern for others that makes Joshua such a wonderful picture of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because they share the same name. 
They share the same name. Jesus in Hebrew is Joshua. What a beautiful picture. When I read this and when I looked at it, I was really taken aback. This humbleness that we see here, this is the epitome of what the victorious Christian looks like. This humbleness that we see in Joshua. And you don't have to turn there, but I want to take you to one of the most glorious passages in Scripture for me. One of the most glorious passages in Scripture in the New Testament. It happens to be written by the Apostle Paul, and you can find it in his letter of joy to the church of Philippi. I'm going to read from verse 1 in chapter 2 to verse 11. Paul writes, Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for your own interest, but also for the interest of others. And here comes the biggie. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death to the cross." Therefore God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Wow. You won't find better scripture. That is the most glorious piece. In fact, when you read Pastor Chuck's commentary on that, he says, these scriptures are holy ground. And every time I read them, I get chills. Every time I read these scriptures, I get chills because it reminds us of what we need to do. He says, let this mind be in you. What mind? The mind of Christ. The mind of Christ in all humbleness, in all meekness. This is the true, true value of a victorious Christian. You want to see what a victorious Christian looks like, a description given to you of the victorious Christians, right there, verses 1 through 11. That's the victorious Christian. What a wonderful depiction. You want to be great in God's kingdom? Be the least. Be the least. Be the servant. God minister us through His Spirit. He ministers to us, and and you get down to the heart of the issue. The attitudes, my attitude, what's my attitude towards myself? What's my attitude towards other? Is my attitude me, 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 me? After me, you're first. Is that my attitude? Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid. That's not Jesus' attitude. Jesus was totally other-centered. He was totally whatever anyone else needed, whatever anyone else wanted. And God is the epitome of other-centered. His name is Jehovah, the becoming one. He's the epitome of other-centered. For God so loved the world that he gave his son. That he gave us his son. From glory to glory, the cross in between. Christ emptied himself. Christ 
emptied himself. And he says, now, let this mind be in you. You take upon this mind and you empty yourself. Because as you empty yourself, I'm going to fill you. As you devoid yourself, I'm going to raise you up. I'm going to exalt you. I'm going to take you to places that you've never dreamed of and show you things that will boggle your mind. Wow. Are we willing to set aside who we are to serve others? Are we willing to set aside our petty differences? Are we willing to set aside our wants, our needs, our hopes, even our dreams, that others might find Christ, that others might grow in Christ? Jesus did. That's what Jesus did. Christ becomes our example. James puts it so clearly when he says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. He will raise you. Not only is Jesus the example of humbling himself, Joshua took a tough assignment. He wanted the tough assignment. And get this, are you ready? Here's where we'll end. Does anybody look up in their dictionary, does anybody look up in their thing what Timnath Sarah means? The place where Joshua chose, the place that Joshua looked at, Are you ready? It means abundant portion. Joshua chose the abundant life. Joshua chose the abundant life and served God. When we lay down our lives for others, that's the abundant life. Getting involved, serving others. The abundant life is walking in the Spirit, seeking the things of the Spirit, seeking first the kingdom of God. Taking the territory that has been given to you, that has been assigned to you, and never, ever, ever giving up. Never giving it back. That's the abundant life. That's the life that Christ died on the cross for. For you to have. For every one of us to have. And that's what we've been studying. And I think it's so, so cool that Joshua chose a place called Abundant Portion. So cool. So neat. We've been given such an example all through the Bible. Joshua, as we've been talking about, is a type of Christ in the Old Testament. But then we have the picture of Jesus Christ that Paul painted for us, this gorgeous picture. And I I challenge you, sometime in the next day or so, sit down before the Lord, pray that the Holy Spirit would show you and guide you, and read through chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Read through those things. And just meditate on what is written here. And what the message is there. And allow it to sink into your heart. And allow it to change you, who you are. It's a magnificent, magnificent message to all of us. As we seek this life that Christ has given us. As we seek to honor him. Because I know your heart's desire is to honor God. I know that. It wouldn't be here. I know you want to honor God. You want to honor God with your life and that's why you're here. Do that. See what the Lord would do in your heart as you read through those scriptures, as you meditate on and pray over Do that and be filled. Because to do that, you have to empty yourself. And when we empty ourselves, He fills us afresh. We'd love to keep studying the Word of God with you, but sadly, that's all the time we have for today. Be sure to tune in again, though, to Pastor Dave's continuing verse-by-verse study of the book of Joshua here on Cape Watch Radio. In the meantime, we'd like to invite you to learn more about Cape Watch Radio by visiting our website, capewatchradio.com. There you'll find an array of previous messages from Pastor Dave Shank available to listen to, download, or even share with your friends and family, all free of charge. You can also subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. 
In this busy world, setting time aside to study the Bible in depth is difficult, so we'd like to make that just a bit easier. By subscribing to our podcast, you'll have sound, biblical teachings sent right to your smartphone or computer. What a great way to infuse your day with God's Word. If you're looking for a church family and happen to be in the Cape May area, we'd love to have you join us for a time of worship and Bible study right here at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. We meet weekly on Sunday at 8.30 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. and continue to walk through the Bible on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. If you have small children, please feel free to give us a call to find out which service will fit your family best. Our number is 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Thanks for listening to today's message from the book of Joshua. Pastor Dave will be back soon for another in-depth look at this fascinating book right here on Cape Watch Radio.